Welcome to the Women on Purpose podcast. Get ready to be inspired, moved, and activated with some of the most powerful women who are here to share their stories and their medicine. I'm your host, Asha D. Ramakrishna. Hi, hi. I hope that you have been enjoying the last couple of episodes and I also hope that you have gotten through this Mercury retrograde and that you are kind of ready for this new lunar year. So today's guest is my friend and she calls herself my work wife, (laughs) Nancy Marmalejo. And I want to tell you a little bit about her, but I want to tell you a little bit about her from my perspective. Um, I have known Nancy for, I don't know how many years, um, but I also remember her before I met her in person, and I remember her being the person for branding, the person for really drawing out people's genius and really helping people articulate what their genius was. And um, and so when I met her in person and we had this like great connection, I wanted her to help me to articulate what it is that I do. Um, I don't know about you, but coming up with a bio is a really hard thing when you have like, you know, a couple decades of work and, um, and trying to condense that into a few sentences is really, really hard. And so that is like her street credit. <laughs> but what I love about her is her unwavering authenticity and her unwavering way of being herself, even if clients may or may not understand who she is or who she is not, even if people aren't able to place her in a box, you know, that neat box that um, society wants us to be in. And I just feel like she does it in a really beautiful way. Um, And I've enjoyed just witnessing her in that. And so I wanted you to also get to know her in the way that I have. Enjoy. Okay. So what I'm really curious to uncover with you is this, you know, I've watched you through the years, like you and I met, I don't know when it was, it was like maybe 2017. No, before that. 2014 or so. I think it was 2014. It was at the the wisdom conference. Yes. Yes. And then you helped me with some of my, you, you are the reason I have a bio that I can send people. (laughs) Um, And, um, and then since then, you know, been just watching you and observing you. And as you and I are doing the business Bruja hour on clubhouse, noticing the way that you approach branding, the way that you approach, you know, authenticity and, and also the way that you, I mean, you have so much wisdom, you have so much experience. And what I receive from you is this real ease of who you are and real ease of how all the things, like things that maybe aren't necessarily related to the deep genius that you draw out of corporate people, (laughs) Um, but all those kind of elements that you show the world. And so I just feel like you have something really special to 
share with people around branding and around business. So like, that's what I want our focus to be today. I like it. Redefining what it means to be on brand. Yeah. Our very first clubhouse talk. So tell me like, how, how did you tell, tell the people that haven't been to our clubhouse um, room, <laughs> um, what your idea of redefining branding, uh, yeah, redefining this, how to be on brand. I, 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 I'll tell you how, yeah, let me share with you a couple of experiences I had because I, I didn't really know that whole term of being on brand, but when somebody says, oh, you got to be on brand or you're off brand, basically what they're trying to tell you is you're breaking a rule. There's a rule you need to follow. There's a box you need to fit in and how dare you not. Now, not to say that it's, not a good idea to be consistent and for people to understand who you are and what you bring to the table. But this whole concept of being on brand, I find it to be very confining. So a couple of experiences that I had, one was a long, long time ago. I was at a, an event that was, I mean, this was like in the, in the baby infantile days of social media. And it was like social media influencers were basically anybody who had a thousand followers. Ooh, look at there's so-and-so, she has a thousand followers. And there was this one person who described herself, you know, as an influencer, I suppose. I don't even know if we used that word at that time, but I, I had my, my phone with me and I, I said, oh, let's take a selfie. And she had on this long pearl necklace and I kind of grabbed the necklace and like kind of went up against her and made like a silly pose. And she goes, oh, we can't do that. That's not on brand. And I thought, we can't have fun. Okay. And I just walked away. I was like, all right, you go. And, and so what I realized is for that person, everything had to be very carefully crafted, very carefully presented. You will see what I want you to see. And then a few years ago, I actually, um, I don't know how, I met with somebody who was a, a, I think it was an Instagram expert. And we just had a little exchange and she said, well, I'll review your Instagram. And, you know, she came back and gave me like a hundred things I was doing wrong you show a picture of your cat, you have cat lover in your bio. It's like, you need to be showing people, this is how you do a brand. And you need to show people that, you know, you have to be pictures of you from a photo shoot. And it was like, it was so uh, carefully crafted. I, I feel like I'm going to do something wrong. Oh no, I'm going to do it right. You know, so I thought I just can't handle that. So that, so, so I, I, I share those experiences because when you have somebody giving you negative feedback about that which comes naturally to you and that which you know is a strength, I think it can really mess with you for a little bit. And so it got me to sit down and say, okay, what do we really mean by being on brand? And is it about the color you wear in a picture? Is it about, you know, the, the, the level of humor you'll allow show through. Is it about you have a cat or not? I mean, you really have to think deeper than these very surface level uh, ways that people interpret a brand. Yeah, because otherwise it, just, it, it doesn't, it's not sustainable, right? If you have to keep yourself boxed in 
how do you evolve? I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe some people look at it as like, well, I can evolve outside of my brand. You know, it's none of no one's business how I'm evolving. It's just this consistent thing that I want to present to the world. And, and I think that there is value for consistency. You know, those of us who change every year, <clears throat> myself, <laughs> you know, that, that personal evolution that we show the world, it, it can get a little bit like, I mean, either people travel with you or, or people become confused with where you're headed, right? And so part of, for myself anyway, part of what my value is, my commitment is, is that I am going to be constantly evolving and I'm not going to. I'm not going to stunt my evolution because um, it may or may not um, land for the masses because ultimately my work is not for the masses. It's for, you know, a certain type of person. So yeah. what, what do you say to that? I mean, as someone who has, you know, you helped me with my bio, right? So there's something about um, messaging that you are obviously connected to and that you help people with. So what, what do you, how, how do you navigate all those things that? Okay. So there are a couple of different things. Um, so one messaging is, is one aspect of it. And before you even get to the messaging part of it, there are elements that you really have to understand about yourself. And so when I'm working with somebody around their personal brand or their impact positioning, which I call it, because sometimes we're even the phrase personal brand, it's, you know, some people think personal brand just means you got a new headshot, you know, oh, I, have, I got a new headshot on LinkedIn, I'm a personal brand. It's like, well, there's a little bit more to it than that. I want people to have an understanding of who they are and what they bring to the table. And I always start from a place of values. And that for me is if you are communicating from your values, as opposed to communicating from, I only wear this color, or you'll only see me in a luxury setting, or I will always just give powerful inspiration, you know, just like for some people, they think that's brand. It's a cage that they decided to put themselves in. Now you could do all that, but how does it show your value? So for example, I look at Sir Richard Branson. He the crazier he is, the more on brand he is because he's showing I'm here to push the envelope. I'm going to try the outrageous. I'm going to try the untested. And you're going to see me, um, you know, dress up in drag as a, a flight attendant. You're going to see him do some adventure. You're going to see him do something kind of crazy and outlandish. And that's him showing his values pushing the envelope, innovating, being the first to try something, being uh, failing publicly and going, okay, well, that happened. So I always ask people where, you know, what are those things that are so important to you that are such a part of you and that how are you showing the world that you exude that? So people say, oh, I'm all about integrity. Well, show us, demonstrate it. And so from that place, then messaging can come about. But if you don't understand what's important to you, if you don't understand what you're willing to stand up and fight for when it gets stepped on, 
what you're willing to get on a soapbox for and advocate for because you love it so much, if you don't have that understanding, then you won't get to the kind of freedom in a brand, quote unquote, the brand that you would enjoy. So that's my, that's my philosophy. Yeah, because otherwise, or maybe what people are perceiving as brand is very surface level very much about like what are the colors what's the essence but not necessarily going to the depth of what you're talking about of uncovering the values because i know like even though it may sound like oh she helped me put my bio together it was quite an extensive process because it was these you know worksheet after worksheet that you <laughs> had me fill Make out it sound fun i might get a client <laughs> from this <laughs> She didn't say that. She said it was really easy. <laughs> and it was, it was, it really was. Well, it wasn't a process of uncovering myself because I feel like I know myself, but a process of being witnessed, like doing that, that process with you. It was like I was being witnessed and you were picking out certain things that I was like, yeah, that's, that's who I am. And you're like, no, that's really good. That's a really good one. Yes. Yes. Can I talk a little bit about that, that sure. process? Okay. Yeah. So there, there are things that I, I always start my clients off. I've got, you know, 10 questions. Oh, I've done this before. What are your top values? Blah, blah, blah. What are some words that describe you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you always see somebody posting on Facebook. I'm working with somebody and they want me to find out how would you describe me? And I'm like, Oh God, don't, don't, don't crowdsource Facebook for some major decisions around your business really truly um but what's that that's a thing i every time i see that i'm like oh okay i'd rather i mean i don't crowdsource for medical advice you know if i need to go to the doctor so like i'm gonna it's go because you're the expert in that that's why so you one of the things i ask people are of course you know what are what are some values meaning these are so important to you that you would stand up and advocate for them and you would raise your fist and fight for them i mean that's like because i don't know what my values are and i run it through that and they're like okay i kind of get it now and then asking people okay well what are some innate strengths that you have well, there's you know things that you know without really knowing how you know them and well, I mean, one of the things I always notice about you, Asha, is you have this way of holding your, your ability to go into detail and your ability to dive deeply is matched also with this calm patience. Because a lot of people go really fast, don't want the details. Just like, come on, I'm 20,000 feet over, the, over this thing, I'm good. And details will make them feel like, oh no, no, we're going to lose time. Oh no, that's this is this is a we we don't have that. We 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 can't afford the to go so deep. We got to move on to the next thing. And you have this way of going deep into something, yet never making it feel like it's a um, it's rushed. And it never feels like it took up a lot of time, though. It was like you bend time. Thanks. So there's this magic you have around that. And I think that's something that you really hold. So that's a natural innate strength. Nobody taught you how to be that. You're just naturally wired that way. So we all have these different things about us. And then there are the things that we've learned formally. You know, I always ask people, it's like, oh, tell me all the stuff you've learned. And 
you know, I think one thing I can see if somebody's gone through lots of formal training, there's a certain element of discipline, there's a certain element of commitment. And I always think about the story of Steve Jobs. Well, how, I mean, he has this natural sense of an aesthetic, a minimalist aesthetic. And he went to um, college and like any really smart person of the 70s, he's, he majored in calligraphy. <laughs> I love that. I miss the seventies so much. And so I don't know if he majored in it, but he, he, he took calligraphy and in calligraphy, that's, it's all about beautiful fonts. It's beautiful lettering, the, the beauty of the, of the written word. So then you go to Apple, what did Apple bring us? Apple brought us beautiful fonts. Would we all know Ariel and Verdana and Times New Roman if Apple hadn't taught us those words? Because prior to that, you had to be a graphic designer to know those font lettering. And I worked as a graphic designer back in the day. And so I knew the fonts, but it was like, oh, civilians are learning font names now because of Apple. So that was something that was this great combination of somebody's innate gifts, innate strength, and something learned. And then layering on top of that are life experiences. You know, again, with you, your journey at the age of 18 from Venezuela to the United States, that formed you, that shaped you. I mean, so many of us would be just terrified to have an experience like that. What strengths were born in you as a result of that? We all have these dormant strengths that aren't activated until we're in a pretty challenging situation. We also learn things about ourselves from really beautiful, joyous events. Um, people who, I mean, you see these inspiring, inspiring shares on social media about somebody who, you know, might have been um, walking with a cane, but then they decided to do yoga. And then a year later, this guy's doing the warrior pose and he's got the balance and all this great stuff or somebody ran a marathon. So there are these, all of these different elements that come into play. And so that's, that, that's like the raw ingredients I like getting all that stuff out and then start playing this game I call connecting, collecting and connecting. It's like, okay, here are all these cool things about you. Now let's start looking at them. What are some unusual combinations? What are some, you know, oddball intersections? I, I like the weird stuff. I, I like, I like, you know, you put a couple things together that nobody really would have thought of. It's like, Ooh, that's a very interesting person. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, how I play around with the whole topic. And that's why when you're saying it was a process, it was a process because we're just looking at all these cool things about you and admiring them and pulling them out. And, and what I appreciated about it was that more than just what one would put on a resume, you know, like a resume tends to have this like very uh, buttoned up kind of, vibe to it and that process you know and if you've like grown up in the corporate world you sort of like are accustomed to the buttoned up process um and in the process of going through that with you was more of like what actually makes you a whole person not just what training you've had and what ex experience you have but even like what makes you you like you had me put in my dog, right? That my dog is also lives with us. <laughs> the Portuguese water dog. Yes, good, I, good memory. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. You just said it and I'm like, oh my God, the dog. 
you know, what's really fascinating, I, I, I want to share the practical application of this because some people might think, you know, oh, is that is this just a feel good exercise? Well, yes, it is. You feel really good. And when you feel confident about yourself, you're ready to express yourself more authentically. A lot of the people that I work with um, have a practical application for this. They need to be able to tell their story in a way that is compelling and really shows who they are. One of my clients has is a, a tech startup founder and also has um, a, a venture capital company. And so she wants to tell her founder's story and she had a very you know, rough road to where she is today. So how do we pull out the rough road that she was on and show it as a strength, show it as grit, show it as creative. Um, she might not have gone to the fancy schools that everybody else did, but she thinks on her feet, she's fast. And so we were able to create something about her that's her founder's story. That founder's story helps her when she is pitching. It helps her when she's looking for funding. She looks, you know, it helps her web copy when she's speaking, she goes out on podcasts, you know, just in her industry. So there's a great value to that. And I notice that a lot of my clients have had a rough journey to where they are. I, I the folks who've had smooth sailing, um, we don't really cross paths that often. I get the ones who are like, ah, how do I do this? And maybe it's not necessarily relatable, right? Somebody who only talks about, you know, their, their street credit and all that they've accomplished. And, 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 and that's the funny thing about like even putting the dog in the bio is that it makes me relatable. It makes people laugh. It makes people be like, oh my God, right? So there's something about that that is human and that someone else gets to connect to that's beyond, again, beyond the resume type thing. Beyond the resume. And everybody gets to decide how much personal and how much professional information they want to put in there. One of the things I do, um, I have a series of workshops developed primarily around this whole concept of personal branding for people of color. And if you have a cultural background that doesn't encourage individual accolades, it's more collaborative, you know? Um, and, and what happens is that in a lot of places, especially in the career space, you are passed over for projects and you're passed over for promotions because you don't take the credit for some of the cool stuff you've done and maybe somebody else has taken the credit or you deflect it to a group of people and then one person in that group stands up and says, yeah, it was me. And they're like, okay, great. And they run with it. So I have a whole um, body of work that is addressing, so there's a lot of bias in personal branding because the implication is that you need to toot your horn and everybody, so let's say at the end of the day, we end up doing that, but how we got there, were you told, were you forced, were you coerced? Did it conflict with your values? Or can we find a way so that it makes sense for you to work through some of the obstacles to find the, the language, to find the opportunities? So there's a lot of depth to it as well. I, um, yeah, I'm, 
the more I do it, the more I, I, I need a new term for it. But, you know, personal branding is, it, it feels so like it does, it feels kind of superficial when you think, when you initially hear about it. So I'm really helping people, uh, you know, identify themselves and, and control their narrative. Because if, if you, you know, if you don't control the narrative about you and who you are and what you're great at and where you shine and somebody else decides they're going to just make it up and tell everybody, then they might not get it right. I love that part of controlling the narrative because that, and maybe it's also a generational thing that many of us have more succumbed to what was expected from us versus leading with who we like who and what we like to lead with about ourselves you know and this is something that I I I find social media just so fascinating and when you look at like the ages of people right like when I look at like 20 somethings and how they they the the things and the way that they show themselves is so transparent and so like here i am like i'm a hot mess today and i'm gonna film myself crying and then the next day i'm like being interviewed on fox news like right explain this phenomenon to me explain i love it I think maybe like people like you and I, we, we, we are millennials at heart. Yeah. I call myself a fake millennial. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm going to start lying about my age. Like I always tell people, like I'm the oldest millennial you'll ever meet. And, and, and I think there is something about that. I just gave a presentation right before we got on here to an executive round table. And it, um, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned is, is how, you know, from a generational point of view, because they were more, I would say, I think a lot of them were, you know, let's say 50 and beyond, um, very, you know, seasoned, extremely successful CEOs. And, um, you know, just asking, you know, do you work with a lot of millennials? And do you notice that, a, you know, the millennial generation and the, and the, and Gen Z, why? whichever ones oh <laughs> are in there. I'm missing all my letters. I know there's something in there. I'm Gen X. I'm all I remember. And, and so just, just, you know, talking to them about the importance for people's holistic self, their entirety. I want you to understand all of me. And that really what that is, is that's code for, I have so much potential and we may not have slots defined yet of where to put me but let's put all of this stuff out about ourselves and let's create the new lanes for for me to shine in let's create the new way to work let's create the the innovation let's put these three people together who we never really would have thought of putting together but we realize they have this these aspects about themselves so this it goes from personally identifying yourself controlling the narrative about who you are and what you're great at and being as authentic as possible, leading from values to then putting it into practical application, whether it's in your business and in your marketing 
and in how you promote yourself and position, or if you're in an organization, how you lead, how you connect people together, how you create together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by the new, like the younger people. I'm really inspired by that. Um, and, and also I'm a little bit like, it also gives me an opportunity to question myself also like question like my own choices or the boxes I've put myself in. And part of why I've appreciated just witnessing you and witnessing the way that you show up. Can you, can you talk about, about some of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm just as real as it gets. And, and if I just keep it real, there's this level of freedom that I have for myself that um, nothing is nothing is off limits, I suppose, as long as I can put it into the context. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, this, this, this person had told me, you know, I need to be on brand and I need to show myself, you know, giving advice all the time and being in control. And I actually um, went on a, a photo shoot with a photographer and we decided we wanted to do something that was along the themes of transparency. If I'm working with people and telling them to get real and to show their real selves, and I'm only saying it, but not showing it, I have the luxury of being able to show that part of myself and it's not going to damage my business. Now, there are some people, you know, you might not want to put everything out there publicly. There's a way to, there's, there's a way to make it work for you. But I knew that for me, there was, if I'm encouraging people to explore their edges and to lead from their edges, then how can I show that? So we went out with the camera and we ended up, we didn't even have locations figured out. We were just driving around and we went past the church that my mom grew up in, in Oakland, and where we used to go and take my grandmother to the Spanish speaking mass on Sundays. And I remember I just sitting there, you know, a little girl in church, my legs are swinging. I'm like, you know, fiddling the pages of a hymnal in front of me, waiting for it to, oh, is it over yet, mom? And then wanting to go out to breakfast. You know, I just had all these childhood memories and we went there and I said, oh, let me take some pictures in front of the church. Oh, that'll be kind of fun. And there was a rose garden out front. And the minute I got into the rose garden, I just was overwhelmed with emotion. I felt the presence of my ancestors. I felt the presence of my mom and my grandmother. And I just could feel the, you know, the, the ghosts of that space. And I started crying and I just, and she started taking pictures. And she was very kind and gentle as we were going through this. And she says, just let your body express itself. Put your arms out, welcome them. And I, I was crying and my makeup's smudging and I'm down on the ground covering my face. And she took pictures of all of it. And I'd never posted those before until just recently. Um, yeah, actually last night before we, the, uh, the day before we're recording this. And what it was, was just showing people like I can be real. Um, being on brand doesn't mean hiding aspects of yourself. 
And depending on you and depending on the work you do, if there's an element of sensitivity that you want to show people, what's, what do you look like in a space of sensitivity? If you're talking to people about pushing their comfort zones, how can you communicate you pushing your comfort zones? So there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm a, well, I, I've done a lot of with photographers this last year that I don't think I ever would have done before. And it really pushed me out of my comfort zone, but it's like, okay, I'll do it. Cause it's show, it is a value that I have about being real, being creative, being curious, being innovative, you know, pushing the envelope, um, stretching ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, two things that, that nudge me as you're speaking is one is, wow, really showcasing that which we walk people through, like showcasing that for ourselves, right? Uh, or for ourselves and then having others witness that. And then the second thing was, um, the, yeah, the, the showcasing of ourselves. And then the other question I had is like, what do you think stops people from showing all of who they are that, that feels like relevant to the, to the narrative? I think there's the fear, there's fear of, um, I might show myself as weak, unprofessional, vulnerability isn't safe. And so that's where I will work with people and say, look, this is not a formula. I took a picture of myself sobbing and posted it in social media with a, a pretty long post about what it was all about and why I was doing it and how that, how that ties back to my business. That worked for me. I don't have some template where we have, okay, now we're going to do your vulnerability photo shoot and we've got your pre-written vulnerability social media post template. I mean, no. And I know people do that kind of stuff. It's very manufactured. This is like what, for some people, vulnerability might be letting them, letting the world know that they have a hobby or a family or where they live. I know some, I have clients who are very, very guarded. They don't want everybody to know every bit of their story, but we find the parts of it that we can share that show strength, that um, can be told in a story that inspires and teaches, that attracts business, attracts opportunities, and piques curiosity. Because my whole philosophy around messaging is not to broadcast some canned speech. Ugh. God, if you ever been to a networking event and people just like shove a card in your hand and look at you with this glazed look, and then they recite this little thing. And I always stand there like, Oh, hi, I'm Nancy. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm like what? So that is, um, you know, I always tell people it's like, it's a dialogue. What can you say that somebody wants to lean in and say, that's fascinating. Tell me more. So whether that happens from you telling a story from, you know, giving a talk or um, telling a story as part of a meeting or telling a story as part of your about page on your website or your bio or your founder's story in a business plan and a money pitch, you know, it all, it all finds its place. 
Yeah. So what, what do you make of that? That, um, I don't want to call it fake vulnerability, but like call that it fake forced... vulnerability. No, it what is. You say? It's it is. Or like forced. Sometimes it just feels like it's like people, like maybe people feel like they have to force themselves to go to those places. Um, yeah, so you have to have an understanding. You want to feel safe doing it. So it's, I always tell people, don't don't process your stuff publicly while you're still going through it. And a lot of people do that. So why do you say not to process in front of the public or the audience? Well, you're still in a raw state you haven't really learned the lesson yet uh, now. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the things that happens. So vulnerability isn't necessarily about I'm going to, I'm a hot mess and I don't have a solution because what happens is people will want to come and help you and fix you and rescue you. I like to share the lessons after and say, you know what, there was a rough patch. This is what happened. Here's the strength I was able to tap in on. Here's the help I was able to ask for. Here's the lesson that was learned. Here's what you can do. I'm a, I was a teacher originally. So I'm all about the teachable moment. And until you have an understanding of, you know, we, we can all sit in inquiry together. <laughs> Or I can give you a retrospective and, you know, and I, and like, for example, um, people who have experienced COVID in this last year, I, most of the people that I know who were experiencing COVID talked about it as the tail end of it. They said, I just experienced COVID. It sucked. And they'll go through it. Da, 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 as you know, or there's the person who's like, oh my God, I just got diagnosed positive for COVID. I'm so freaked out. There's a real difference in the type of response you're going to get. And again, if you're controlling the narrative, what are you saying if you're giving your lessons learned, whether it's like masks are not a joke, COVID is not a hoax, Nurses are amazing. We need to support our frontline workers. You know that coming out of it versus, you know, the panic. Some of those things, they might be better on your inner circle. But as far as using it to position your business, I mean, pull the lesson out of it. There's a lesson out of it. I think that's what keeps you in the place of leadership. I do wonder, though, if that is also a generational thing, because I've been a part of let's say, um, you know, young, like uh, more younger people. And there is a ton of that. There is a ton of like, I'm a hot mess. I'm, you know, and, and yes, everybody goes to the rescue, but they look at it as an opportunity for engagement. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of manipulative, isn't it? There's, there's, there's attention seeking. Sure. I mean, there's, there's different things. I mean, social, if we're talking social media, social media is such a, an interesting (laughs) landscape because you can get a lot of attention when you're in distress. A lot of people come to your rescue. 
I know somebody that I you know grew up with is every day it's like oh my god you know there's a new crisis every day and it gets you know that person gets energetic feedback they get they get they get hugs they get the energetic hugs they get the likes and the hearts and the comments and that person feels supported is that manipulative well my my wish for that person is that she expands her network of people that she can go to and not necessarily need to process it I'm not going to criticize either way. I guess I'm trying to keep it in the context of a business. And if we want to be leaders and we want to be living from our values, I think when we live from our values, we can, there's a teachable moment. So you might be angry and a hot mess and falling apart because one of your values is you have a sensitivity to the thing you know, the human condition, how animals are treated, the environment, social justice, racial equality. I mean, there, and, and you might be hot in the middle of that, but you're identifying a value, you're identifying why it's important to you, you're identifying why you're standing up for it. And that was your teachable moment. Yeah, I think that what I'm, what I'm deeply hearing from you, and actually it's something that I've been deeply hearing all week is that when we know our values, when we really spend time cultivating and knowing what it is that our values are, the answers are a lot easier to access. Like the answers yes. to anything, the answers to what, you know, if we're talking about social media, the answers of like, what are we posting? Or what, what are, what's the action that we're taking in our business? in our life, um, that it really comes from that core of values. And if that is not identified, then it really doesn't fucking matter what color you're wearing. Exactly. Are you living from that? I have a, I have a, a thing on my, I can see it right here. I, I have my core values written out and I'll just take the top three. Cause, um, I'll just be really honest. Sometimes I don't remember lists that are more than four. <laughs> So I always know I'm safe with three. There are more, but I always go to creativity, curiosity, and lifelong learning. And if I'm in that place of lifelong learning, I am learning about the issues around me. I'm learning about what people are experiencing. I'm learning new tools. I'm an app geek. I'm, you know, I learned how to fix something yesterday. I mean, it's like, it's that, that thing and the curiosity is leading with questions those open-ended questions like I'm curious I want to learn more about you oh that's fascinating oh have you ever thought of this before and so there's like this I'm in absolute like I'm peaking as long as I'm revolving around those three and everything else spills from it there are a lot of sub values that fit under that so if I'm looking at something, you know, posting a picture of me crying in a church garden, what is that? You know, it's, 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 I'm sharing a lesson. I'm, I'm communicating something. I'm curious what would happen if I put a, I was a little nervous about it. You know, I got an ugly crying face and makeup coming down my, you know, aren't we supposed to look great? And the wind blowing our hair, we look like supermodels. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to portray? I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, somebody would look at it, go, oh, you are just, that is not what you're supposed to do. And I'm doing it. And what ends up happening is that somebody always ends up coming around 
I get the private messages, you know, I want to know how to feel as free as you do. What are you doing? Wow. I said, well, you're not going to do exactly what I'm doing, but I'm going to help you find your way to just communicating who you are freely and clearly and, and letting that build you as a leader and as an innovator and a creator. And a chingona. So powerful. And a chingona. Yeah, that's your word. <laughs> your word that I'm adopting these days. Oh, well, come on. Come on, Getty. Honorary, honorary West Coast girl. <laughs> oh, I love it. So what would you want to say to the people that you haven't said? Hmm. I would say that, you know, I just want to continually remind people it's so important that you control your own narrative, but let it be a truthful narrative. Let it be a real narrative. I think one of the things we're finding out right now are people who invented a story about themselves that wasn't true and they're being discovered like uh, was that woman who said she was from Spain. Alec Baldwin's wife, you know, <laughs> she, she said she was from Spain and it turns out she's not and she would fake an accent, you know, part of her story or, you know, these people who impersonate, you know, um, a person of color and they're not, you know, there, there's that kind of thing. But if you are coming from a place of just knowing, okay, this is, this is what I'm great at. This is what I want to be known for. I want people to see me as a problem solver. I want people to see me as, as um, fearless, but it doesn't mean I'm, I don't stand and feel fear at times. You know, I, I want people to be inspired. So, so if you have that understanding and know that that's what you're leading with, I think that's the most important part. So understanding your narrative, understanding who you are, making sure that other people understand who you are and communicating it accurately, that's probably the most important thing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And how would you like the people to find you? Well, you can go to my website, which is talentandgenius.com. I just put out this new free guide. It's called 10 scroll-stopping, head-turning message starters. And it's just 10 little ways to describe yourself, you know, like giving an analogy. I'm a cross between Mr. T and Mr. Rogers. You know, just something that gets people like, what? Or, you know, some kind of a story that introduces yourself or ways of finding, um, you know, ways, something that will get somebody to lean in and go, that is fascinating. Tell me more. And I think you're actually one of my examples on some of my... Uh, oh, really? Now I got to go download it. <laughs> right? I know. Some of the things I create, I have, I have client... Um, uh, you know, examples on there. So I think that would be fun. That's um, talentandgenius.com forward slash message hyphen starters. And um, it's free. It's fun. And I just did a little free workshop on it the other day for people who were beta testers and they had a blast. They said, oh my God, I love this. So that's one so way fun. to start. Beautiful. You are a chingona wise, bruja, genius, Nancita, Marmalejo. Wow, you keep going. Seguimos. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for, for sharing what you shared today. Um, I really appreciate it. I really received um, a deeper message that I feel like I've been hearing all week and it, and you just like made it, you know, really, really land. Um, so thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening today to the Women on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Asha D. Ramakrishna. So that other people can find us, please review, rate, subscribe to the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. A special thanks to Jennifer Kalsa Schimmel for the music that you hear today. And as always, come on over to Facebook, find us Women on Purpose podcast so that we can continue this conversation.
Thank you so much for listening today to the Women on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Asha D. Ramakrishna. So that other people can find us, please review, rate, subscribe to the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. A special thanks to Jennifer Kalsa Schimmel for the music that you hear today. And as always, come on over to Facebook, find us Women on Purpose podcast so that we can continue this conversation.